Hello and welcome back to the newest episode of our Time Podcast. Today I have another mentor with me, Chris Hall. Chris, welcome on the show. Thanks, Timo. How are you? Very good, thank you. And I believe this is the second time we try to record this podcast. So <laughs> thanks for being back. Um, just for our little audience, um, we did have a bit of technical issues last time because we were storm affected. And today the sun is shining and it seems everything is going well. Chris, before we talk about time and your career and mentoring as such, I'd like to briefly talk about travel, just because now we can travel again. And you as a travel expert, travel industry expert as well, I'd like to know what is your number one luggage tip when it comes to traveling? Ooh, <laughs> less is more, uh, <laughs> I think. Um, uh, these days, the more you can just have a carry-on bag, the better. But if you need to go and check something in, then don't go too big. And is there, apart from your toothbrush and obviously the most necessary things, is there one particular item that you would never, ever travel without? Uh, I have some very comfy shoes I like to fly in. They're very daggy, but they're very comfortable. That's my one, my one thing. My, uh, my children call them the old man shoes, but uh, they're very comfortable. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I hear that often when people say they're ugly, but they're comfortable. <laughs> Love it. I'm right. sure yours are beautiful, though. Yours are beautiful, <laughs> I'm sure. Well, unlike a lot of people where uh, they're fashion victims to their shoes, I'm not. Which is a benefit, I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe I should ask your kids quickly about that. No, I don't. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris, if you think back about your career life, when was probably the first time you had a mentor? Uh, I, I think I've had many mentors, uh, although I didn't actually realize I had them so it could, because they weren't formal. Uh, but certainly... Um, Even from when I started uh, in the industry back when I was 18, uh, there was uh, a number of um, people in the company I was working for who they just became your go-to for advice, um, whether it was based on the job you were doing or the a, a career path you were thinking about Uh, or a role that might have come up somewhere within the business. Uh, just, um, yeah, as I say, that they became those go-to people that you always knew that there was um, some wisdom, uh, some maturity that, that would guide you. And, yeah, that, that nearly started from the get-go within this particular company uh, that I was with. And then, so that's probably the start of it. Mm -hmm. So it sounds a bit more, it was an ad hoc uh, mentoring on the spot when you when you reached out to someone or potentially gave, gotten advice by someone in regards to a particular situation. When did you start potentially reaching out or thinking about a more structured and more guided approach um, as a general setup or general support to your career pathway? Yeah, it, it was probably very late in my career, which probably wasn't the best idea. Um, probably as I, as I had more senior roles and some of the decision-making was, um, you know, not obviously not life and death, but, but very, um, serious and still had financial or people implications 
that you kind of wanted a sounding board, someone more independent rather than someone actually within the business. Um, so, and that was probably 15, 15 years ago uh, that, that, I, that I did that. So you mentioned you started with 18 in the travel industry. Um, what was actually your first job in the, in the industry? Uh, my first job was with Insight. And uh, so Insight, um, the tour operator, uh, and that was back in the day when Insight was a family company. Uh, uh, it wasn't owned by the travel corporation like like it is now. Uh, so it was much smaller, much uh, very, very intimate. Um, and I started my very first job actually was as a courier boy running around Sydney, picking up airline tickets and anything else that uh, – the the senior executives wanted I had to go whether it be their lunch their dry cleaning airline tickets or whatever else was needed I I was the guy that got to run around the city and do that and what what kept you passionate or what, what ignited your passion for the travel industry I assume it wasn't picking up the lunch for, um, for the CEO <laughs> no that that wasn't in my um, kind of thinking when I applied for jobs um, I was one of those tragic travel kids, I suppose, at the time that as I finished school, um, my older sister had done quite a lot of travel and I thought, how good is this? You know, she's seen the world and travel looks great. I'd love a job where I get to travel as well. And so I wrote away to a number of companies. There was no jobs actually advertised. So I wrote to a number of companies and, uh, yeah, I, I heard back from a couple and Insight was one of them. And uh, they employed me with not really a job, and that's why I was kind of the, the guy running around the city. But it wasn't too long, probably a month after I started, that I actually had a, a proper job um, doing doing documentation and, you know, packing up all the wallets and the luggage labels and all those those type of things. But, uh, yeah, that's how, I, that's how I started. So what, what was the actual job title for that, or was it just like a general support or I think I was called what, what documentation called? clerk. Documentation clerk, beautiful. Yeah. And um <laughs> oh that's good. We all start somewhere. I think yeah. um I can't recall what my job was way too long, way too long ago. Way too long ago. So um you mentioned before that you probably started the structured or more general approach to um mentoring quite late. Um what do you think are the benefits of having a mentor such as yourself? in the early stages or in the earlier stages of your career? Uh, I, I think if I look back on it now and and is I think having someone who not, not only bouncing off current, you know, issues within your job, which is always helpful uh, to get to have a sounding board, but um, probably more to talk with someone around what direction you should take with with your career because there's there's lots of career paths within the travel industry and um and it's not always easy to navigate those and you know and, and it, you know those paths can vary greatly from being a travel agent uh to working in wholesale or retail or airline or cruise and there's so many different categories and then within the categories there's there's a lot of different roles and uh, and functions. So I, I think to, to have someone to talk through, um, 
the the different opportunities or the, those different categories within the industry and and really explain the industry to you because sometimes when you just start as I did, I only ever knew tour operator. I really didn't know anything else. Or I suppose I knew airlines because I was dropping in, picking up tickets, uh, but really didn't know uh, the scope of the various um, categories within the industry and the opportunities that sat within each one. And I think it's it, it would be good to have that in hindsight, having that knowledge earlier on, uh, I just think gives you not only a, a good understanding of, of the industry itself and how all the pieces hang together, but also gives you some broader thinking on, on what opportunities might be there. So when was the first time then that you got in contact with uh, the time community as such? Uh, the first time, wow. Uh, it was actually a long time ago when time first started, um, which I think it's it's like 10 years now, I think, with since time started. Uh, yeah, I think it nearly so yet. Initially, I had some contact uh, through Sue Graham. Sue and I used to work together many moons ago, uh, and um, she she got me involved in a couple of events. Um, and then most recently was at, uh, I was a speaker at a Sydney event, uh, yep. probably in 2018 or 19. Uh, but, um, I kind of, I suppose a bit, bit selfish at the time, to be honest, to say I'm so caught up in my own career and had a big job as the managing director of, uh, APH and the APT travel group. Um, that didn't really see that I had enough time to give back, um, mm. which was a shame because I was always interested and I think my career journey is 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 really interesting and, and in some ways inspiring for, for some people who are just starting out because, it you know, my kind of time, as I said, from being the, um, the career boy and the docs clerk to ending up being a managing director of one of the biggest travel companies in Australia, uh, is a pretty good story to talk about it. And, um, and I thought after I, uh, finished my role with, with APH, which is just recently, uh, knowing that I would have more time, uh, I thought, well, this is a great time to share some of my experience, some of my learnings, um, and give back to an industry that has given so much to me. Mm. I actually do remember when you when you presented at the time function, and uh, you're actually a very entertaining and a gifted public speaker. Um, so let me <laughs> give you some compliments here as well. It was, it was a very fun, um, and I mean it, fun presentation. How you especially told the story about you know picking up the tickets, and you could see so many people remember those very early days of traveling in the room. So it really made a connection and built up that energy in the room. Um, I'm telling that because I want to talk a little bit about the networking part time but also of a career so one thing as you mentioned is obviously having someone in what form ever ideally structured who kind of explains you the structure and which pathways you can go down um, can go down to what role plays the networking in a career uh i think there's a um a major role that that networking plays and not just the networking in terms of the who you meet, but more the deeper relationships that, that you form and then how you 
continued to um, to nurture those relationships and not um, sure there can be a positive career um, agenda around networking uh, but there's also uh, there's a business objective as well because typically when you're networking you're networking and creating a network is both to do a better job get better outcomes for whoever you're working with or for um, and at the same time creating a network that you can also learn from uh, and whether that's learning to understand the industry better or learning to uh, be able to further your career or to have other career opportunities uh, be put in front of you. Um, but I've always been a believer and, and I suppose coming uh, coming through a, a, a number of sales roles in the industry as well, knowing that a lot of the times it was the people that I knew uh, that would really help in supporting the companies I was working for. And it, a lot of it came because I, I knew them and I'd spent the time to build a relationship with them and and that really stood me in, in good stead as I had other um, jobs within the industry. I, I had a lot of supporters, particularly in the travel agent community, uh, that would follow me, support me and support the products that, that I was representing. And that... And, I, and that's why I think the networking side plays a big role. I, I've never worked in another industry, and so I don't know if that's normal, but I think the travel industry is such a people industry and therefore networking is just kind of king or queen uh, in, um, in in making sure that there, there's really solid connections. And do you have to be a little tip? I think if you come to a room full of people, especially as a career starter, you don't really have the story to tell that you can already share to, you know, inspire people and to hook people in. What is a good way of starting exploring the room, getting to know the room and starting to build these relationships? What are, I don't know, questions to ask? What are no-goes? Any insights for networking starters from your point of view? Um, in the early days, I would look through the list of attendees to go, who is it that I really want to meet? Either because I know them and, and they're a friend or I don't know them and I really would like to know them because they can either add value to my business uh, or they know something that, that I'd really like to understand more about. Um, so my, my tip around that is to kind of don't just enter the room cold, uh, know, know who it is or or maybe have a bit of a list of people that, that you may want to meet um, because it's so easy to get caught up when you walk into a big room and you kind of can get stuck in one corner. But if you've got a bit of an agenda and a hit list, um, then that, that gives you a bit of structure to the, to the event um, and, and what you're trying to achieve. And I think in terms of starting those, those conversations, depending on who it is and, and what your own agenda is for starting the conversation, then, I think that's really going to be the driver. Um, and typically, you know, for me, I've been very blessed having worked with really solid brands with great reputations um, within the industry. So kind of my introduction of being, you know, I'm from APT or for, I'm from Insight um, really did, was a conversation starter in themselves because people were interested in, in those companies. Um, but if you don't, I suppose if you don't have a, a well-known brand on your name tag, 
um, I think you've just got to have have confidence to to open up those conversations with um, who you are, what you do, and um, and be, I suppose, have a good question to ask an individual who you're talking to uh, that makes them feel comfortable as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that, that, that really reflects well in regards to um, if someone has a name on a brand on the name tag that you can relate to, it automatically opens up a lot of questions, obviously, especially if one does not work for that particular brand or has never worked for that brand. There automatically probably a lot of questions arise um, that you can gain knowledge from as well. So I think also a part of networking is a bit of an educational process because you always learn something about different business that potentially you can take into your own operations or business setup, whatever it is. Um, yes. Despite that, the learning to get out of conversations, are there any other sources that you use to inspire yourself and get new knowledge? Uh, I think the um, travel industry is very insular. Uh, so I always looked outside of um, mm-hmm. and whether there'd be you know, uh, different talks going on on certain topics, uh, whether there'd be an opportunity to join a roundtable of other industry leaders or execs to be able to share stories. And and I th- think particularly, you know, in my time, particularly the last 10 years, if you take the topic of technology uh, that there's been, and digital technology, there's been um, so much advancement and I found just kind of relying on the industry itself, uh, there wasn't enough information there and there were many other industries doing some amazing things with technology and, and that made me very curious to, to step outside of, of travel technology conferences and travel technology updates to then go and talk to others outside of the industry around their own, you know, marketing automation programs, their, their, their management of data, uh, and, and different things that they were doing that was either improving process or improving customer experience, uh, or, um, you know, adding value to the business by, by being experts in, in data and the use of data. And, and that's always, yeah, having that curiosity, I think, uh, to know that, you know, the travel industry doesn't know it all. And we can learn from other industries as well and, and therefore going looking outside of the industry for learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right, let's take travel industry and Korea and all that aside. Um, I have a beautiful final question for you, Chris, and I'm very excited to hear what you're going to answer. Um, so I'd like to know what is kind of your, your hidden talent, the talent you would not have on your CV or that you probably wouldn't throw out on the networking function straight away. What's special about Chris as a person? Oh, hidden talent. Hmm. That's got me thinking. Uh, straight away that came to mind was I think I'm a dog whisperer uh, because most dogs seem to like me. I Actually, I haven't found a dog that doesn't like me. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a hidden talent or not, but um, certainly <laughs> dogs seem to like me. Being able to connect to whatever being, I think that is definitely a talent. Yes. And I'm, I'm yeah. a big dog lover, so it, it says a lot about you if dogs like you. Yeah. So, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Thank God it wasn't a cat. Not a yeah, cat. I'm allergic to cats. I can't, I can't be near cats. That, that doesn't work for me. 
<laughs> Wonderful. Well, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. I really appreciate your time and, and learn more about you. It was very interesting. So thank you for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me.